Welcome to Americans in Germany drinking whiskey. This is Jeff. And this is Alex. Today we're talking about raising children in Germany. And this is a, uh, a topic that Jeff and I have zero experience in because we are not fathers. Yes. But we are bringing in a guest, uh, someone we've had before on the show, and we're looking very much forward to talking to him about it. Because he has raised children True, that's in, why, yes. in Germany. Now, we do have some firsthand knowledge. Uh, Alex is a kindergarten teacher. Yes. So he knows a few things about children, I would say. I know my... Yeah, I, I know some things about kids. So yeah, we're looking forward to, uh, to getting into this. Someone has suggested this topic as well. Let's get going, Jeff. Let's go. Today's episode is brought to you by Lingoda, the number one trusted European language school, which helps you to learn a second language online, such as German, maybe French, Spanish, English, and even business English. You're taught with real teachers and a real class with a maximum of five students. Available 24 hours per day. Simply choose what time works for you and you're good to go. Lingoda is preparing an amazing offer called The Sprint. If you attend all 30 classes in a month, Lingoda will refund 100% of the tuition fee you heard me correct. If you attend 15 classes in a month, you'll receive 50% refund of the course costs. These amazing online sprint classes start on April 28th, but you must sign up before April 16th. If interested, check out Lingoda.com or find the link to Lingoda on our website. Sign up with our discount code AGDW, that is AGDW, to get a 10 euro or $12 discount on the deposit. Let's go. Nice. Yes. That's pretty interesting how you get all your money back if you do it. And it's, it's true. We double-checked with them that this is a real thing. Um, Wild. You just got to stick to it. And you are totally motivated to stick to it because you want to learn German or whatever language it is, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So why not? Yes. And uh, anyways, let's plant ourselves firmly in episode 58. 58, almost 60. Really exciting. We are, um, yeah, we're getting close to you know, social security, uh, pensioner age. We are, we are. And there's been a lot of news in the past week in regards to, uh, in regards to this whole, you know, the, 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 the virus, you know, sorry, what virus are we talking about? That corona, the, the novel, uh, is, is it still called a novel coronavirus? It's really novel anymore. It's pretty, it's pretty normal now. It's pretty normal. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's only the thing we've been talking about since our first episode, because our first episode <laughs> came out, uh, shortly after Corona did. So Corona beat us by a month. Yeah, true. Um, so what happened was we said last week that Germany uh, loosened their restrictions, or maybe two weeks ago, and Berlin today, uh, which is, what is it, uh, March, what is it, March 13th? 17th today. 17th today. Uh, Berlin said, yeah, we're going back to the old lockdown rules because... Well, I don't think they said that. They just said they're going to stop loosening. So we're it's, nothing is going backwards. It's just staying where it is. Ah, okay. And the the loosening process has been halted. Yeah. So because of the numbers are just going super high again, they're saying we're in our third wave. Um, yeah, it's not going down. Also, AstraZeneca vaccine has been halted because there's been like 22 blood clots out of like 3 million doses given. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more of a, you know, it's a cautionary thing. They exactly. Ha they have to say that they pause to do some investigation just to make sure because if it turns out they're they're connected, they'll look bad, so they have to pause. But it's, it's right. going to further slow down the already extremely slow extremely vaccination slow. process in Germany. So um, the U.S. is doing much better at the vaccination yeah. rollout. Really impressed with what the U.S. has done with these vaccinations because Germany, I think we have at this point like 8% of the population vaccinated, if that much. It's not... It's it's not good. It's not uh, it's not looking good. Yeah, but um, it is what it is. I mean, it's 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 really unfortunate because these past weeks they were talking about here's our plan to get out of this lockdown and go back to normal. And right. then just after they released this plan, uh, the 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 daily cases of Corona just sky, skyrocketed and. Now we're stuck in this again. All I can say is people like, let's work on this. Let's let's end this thing. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. tired of it. I, I, I don't know what else we can do. We're in the lockdown. Like, yeah, I want to have a nice summer. I, I do. And we, we thought, oh, for sure by summer. But I don't know anymore. I don't so, know anymore. Come uh, on, Michael, get these vaccines out, please. But speaking of vaccines, I got mine. <laughs> yeah. You, well, you've got dose number one. I got my first dose. You are now sort of protected from Corona. Yes, I got it uh, two days before they paused. 
the oh, yeah, he, he, ha- he has the forbidden vaccine I do. roaming through his veins. I do, and I feel fine. I didn't well, feel fine the day after. <laughs> yeah. The day after, I felt like death. But uh, today, yeah, yeah, I feel fine. Maybe explain. Like, you, you, you took this vaccine very poorly. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I took it. I went to the same town with my buddy. He's also a teacher. We went together, and um, the next day, I was like, how do you feel? He's like, I feel fine. A little bit achy, but, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay, because uh, I had a fever. I had achy bones. I had a huge headache, I had a stomach ache. I just felt like I was knocked on my ass all day on Sunday. So ah, shit. And then Monday I was still a little bit sick, but then Monday night I felt fine. Tuesday's fine. Today's Wednesday. I feel great. I'm up and at him. Nice. Um, I mean, yeah, everybody takes the side effects differently. Some people, yeah, like you said, feel nothing, and some people <laughs> feel like they're on death's door for a day or two. Exactly. Now and that was I was the uh, the latter there. Uh but now I feel fine and that that's good. I'm happy to get uh I'm happy that that, that I started the process. My next my second jab will be in June. So second up, and final. Yeah, in China. Yeah. So hoping by June, the AstraZeneca vaccine will be back on the market. But they're going to talk about it on Friday this week. So hopefully we'll see. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And anything new with you on the weekend? Were you also dying on your, uh, on your couch? Uh, no, I felt pretty fine, actually. Nice. Glad to hear. Cool. I I, I I not being a teacher will be vaccinated in about two years, so don't have to worry about that for a long time. Yeah, maybe maybe you should just uh, fly to the states, That's, get one there. My, and sis- pop back my over. sister actually recommended. She's like, you know, they're saying by May, regardless of your age, you can get the vaccine. She's like, you know, you, you're still a citizen. Why don't you just come over and get the vaccine real quick? You know, it, it sounds nice, but you know, involves an expensive expensive uh, plane ticket and true. You know, there's more logistics to that. So, and no uh, matter what, when you come back to Germany, we'll still be in lockdown anyway. So, <laughs> you'll be safe, yes. But yeah, there's um, not much else we can do. Anyways, I thought I thought I saw that light at the end of the tunnel. It turns out it was um, you know somebody left their phone on. The, <laughs> the, the light is there. It's just still very. Uh, it's it's a small little. They didn't pay their power bill, so it, 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 bill. Went, it went back out again. So anyways, yes, exactly. But you know what? Let's get rid of the doom and gloom. Let's go to the good stuff. What are we? What are we gonna put down our gullets today? <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to. I was trying to think of a, of a clever way to say drink whiskey. Um, continuing with our theme of whiskeys from around the world. Uh, last week we had a French whiskey. Before yeah. that, we had an Indian whiskey. Oui, oui. Today we we have a uh, British whiskey, an English no, no. whiskey specifically, specifically. English, yes, because we've had Irish, we've had Scottish, we've never had a whiskey made in England, right? Which is, I didn't also didn't know they really. I, mean, I guess it makes sense. They're all their neighbors do. Why wouldn't England make whiskey? You know, but they're just not known for it at all. Yeah, yeah. So this is an Adnams, Ad Adnams, Adnams South Wold, not World South Wold. Triple malt whiskey, handcrafted in England, uh, 47%, non-chilled, filtered. And I can't read the back for you because it's like a misprint. It looks all melted, the words, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah like the white ink kind of got uh, screwed up. It's a little blurry. Yeah. Exactly. But there's a little blurb at the top here that says, aromas of toasted oak, pepper, and orange peel with notes of dark chocolate on the palate. Sounds wonderful. It does sound wonderful. And it's a really cool bottle too. It's a simple looking bottle in terms of shape, but it's got this really cool matte, um, what is it? Grape color, I would say. This purple, yeah, maroon yeah. grape color. That's really and really and, and this uh, Adnams, Adnams, uh, what Adnams, ha- what have you. Now they make uh, not only this triple, triple malt, they make uh, a rye whiskey as well and nice. um, a single malt. And each one comes in a different color. So one bottle's red, one bottle's blue. This, and one, this is one is purplish. It's a beautiful bottle. Um, and yeah. it's by Copper House Distillery. I'm not sure what else they make. So Who knows? Um, and if you like this, maybe just try the rye because we are, after all, rye guys. Yeah, I, I was going to, but it wouldn't quite make it for the uh, for the podcast. Oh, yeah. And so. how much was this, Jeff? Mm, I think it was a nearing 50 euro, I think. Okay, so this, this one's a little more... Uh, a little more pricey in the last two, but... Uh, yeah, well, you know, like, England, is again, is not known for its whiskey, so it doesn't have, like, a massive selection like Ireland or, or Scotland does. Yeah, so. also true. Yeah. And we have up top a nice wooden cork. It we love that. It looks like a proper cork, Thumbs yes. up for that. And uh, let's pop this bad, Larry. Hmm. I mean, kind of weak pop, but again, it could be user error. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's never user error, Jeff. Now, from what I've heard, this it's called triple malt. What they basically mean is that this is a blended whiskey. Uh, it comes from three different distilleries, and it's, ah. that's why it's the triple malt. It's been blended. I, I think that's what it means, yeah. 
it's their, spe- their special way of saying blended. Interesting. Well, not three different distilleries, three different whiskeys. Or is distilleries? It can also be different distilleries. Oh, can it be? No, no, but, but I'm not, I don't mean like completely different brands, like just, just different distilleries underneath the umbrella uh, of, okay, of, okay. of, of, of this. Um, uh, Copper House. Yeah. Of Copper House. Oh, I spilled a little bit too. Not the best poor Alex. It's like that's smell. Okay. That's the smells guy. It smells mm, lovely. Like, it smells like Irish. A little bit. Also, uh, happy St. Patty's Day. We should have an Irish today. St. Patrick's Day today. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, and also, um, uh, I almost forgot my my uh, sister's sister uh, just had a baby. So hey, congratulations. Cheers, cheers, cheers to your little, to your uh, sister's sister. Yeah. Your, wait, your sister's... Uh, sorry, sorry. Wow, did I say that? Your sister's sister? I knew sister? that started wrong. No. My, uh, my girlfriend's sister had a baby. So yes. Congratulations to and her. And his girlfriend is not his sister. So don't worry about just, that. Just to be clear. Let's, take, let's just move let's, on. Let's just take let's move on. on. Okay. Ooh. That's nice. Mmm. Yeah. That's really nice. That's really good. So, ooh, there's a lot of different flavors going on there. A lot of flavors. Not a lot of burn. I don't know. I'm getting some now. That's a kind yeah. of delayed one. Okay. The initial, a little, little bit. The initial flavor that hits your tongue, it's like really, really nice. Really strong of, of, I don't know, I'm not going to be one of those people that like claims I can taste the nuts and berries and stuff, but there's definitely something that's that's different than I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's earthy. It's a... Uh, it's good. Really, really nice. Yeah. yeah. Wow, England. I think I stole your lovely comment, by the way. I think nice. that's the first thing I said. Lovely. Oh, that's lovely. I haven't said yeah. lovely in a long time, actually, I feel like. Anyways, um, before we get started, of course, uh, you can check out all of our social media things on our website, which is agdwpodcast.com. Like we said last time, minutes of, of uh, information on there. You're going to have a good time. There's at least three pages of, of stuff to look at. Yeah. You know, there's uh, we have an extras page. We've got a whiskey page. And, you know, we, we joke about the website. But, you know, take a look at, even if you're not into whiskey, take a look at the whiskey page. We, we try to put some good effort into the uh, photos of the bottles. That the we put. <laughs> yeah, like so, Some of them have come out, I think, beautifully. And they're totally worth checking out. Especially recently, we've been trying to, in the past, what, like 20 episodes, trying to take different pictures every time different backgrounds With interesting backgrounds yeah interesting and, lighting uh, and stuff yeah. and, and jeff's apartment is very like minimalistic so it's hard to find different ways to do it but we keep getting today we just put a table on top of another table and moving plants around so we're, we're, we're trying to find fun ways at least when it's summer we can go outside and take some photos but right now right it's winter and it's dark every time i get over here it's, well not winter but it's almost almost spring yeah so it's dark still by the time we take the photos so hopefully um We'll get some more creative photos coming up. But I, I like them. Take, take a look yeah, at them. Yeah, take, take a gander. We're proud of them. Now, um, yeah, what's our main topic was, again, kind of, you know, about raising children in Germany, what it's like to have children in Germany, the, like, logistics of a, of a child yes. being alive in Germany, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's, there's a lot of different things, uh, believe it or not. Uh, I mean, Germany being a more socialist country has a lot of different benefits than the States does. And those are important, but we don't want to focus on those aspects too long necessarily because those are kind we're of gonna give you a really broad overview now exactly again alex knows a whole lot more about this because you know he works with young children every day because he is a kindergarten teacher true i've worked with young children for uh, over seven years now um but i'm still not a parent and it's a very different i work with parents all yeah, the time i give parents par- constantly i give parents advice uh but being a parent is a very different game than what i do i work in a pedagogical sense eight hours a day with children i don't go home to them i don't take them home i don't have any at home <laughs> and i and i want for right now i want to keep it that way but i love uh children but, just, but let's just say to be fair your knowledge is uh a hundred times what I have because I do not deal with any <laughs> children on a daily basis. So. Probably. Yeah, yeah. but generally, um, Berlin, speaking of Berlin at the moment. Yeah, we, we can't speak of Germany nationwide because, you know, we live in Berlin, obviously. Right. Uh, Berlin is a very child-friendly city. And if someone asked us this and in our question and answers, um, one of the questions someone asked us was they said, I came to Berlin and I realized it was a very child-friendly uh, city. Is this true? And we're like, 100%. It's a super child-friendly city. There's so much to do for kids. There's like a butt-ton of playgrounds and they're very creative playgrounds um, here in Germany. In, in, in Berlin. In Berlin, but yeah. in Germany as well. I've done um, trainings about playgrounds. It makes a good playground, it makes a bad playground. And Germany has a lot of good 
playgrounds made of natural materials where kids can explore very open-endedly and not just, you know, a slide and swings because that's boring and it's not creative for the children. So there's a lot of these really amazing playgrounds. Yeah. And the neighborhood, neighborhoods here have so many that I feel like you could just go to a different one each, take your kid to a different one each day Easy. if you wanted to. Again, five-minute walk or less. Like, there's just uh, such a plethora. Oh, man. How often do you get to use the word plethora? Plethora. Uh, a, corn- so, a cornucopia, if you cornucopia, will. Cornucopia, if you will. Um, tons of playgrounds. And also, I think uh, the person who wrote to us, she, she mentioned... Hey, I went to a beer garden. There was a playground here, so that's why that's why the parents could drink and still watch their kids. And, exactly, and that is a very German thing. It's like, you know, let's let's mix the adult world with the uh, baby world, for sure. And you can have your beer, and you can leave your children, and let them go explore. Because generally, the parenting style in Germany, Germans have a very not very different, but a different parenting style than I think the culture in America is for better or for worse. It's just, it's just different, and a lot of German parents um, let their well, I think it's probably better, in my opinion. Let their kids be independent and kind of be on their own and play on their own. And there's not this kind of helicopter parent uh, mentality I in mean, Germany. Th- th- there probably are a few like that. Of sure. course, there's always yeah. a few everywhere. Yeah. But the general culture of it, um, I've read many articles of like of American uh, parents moving to Germany and talking about their experience with differences where they're always so nervous with their kids and following them around the playground, making sure they're okay. And the German parents are hanging out on the bench, having a beer and hanging out with their friends and like looking over every few minutes to make sure the kid's okay because they really trust their kids and they give them independence and it's really cool. Yeah, and I think part of the independence that kids get, uh, and it's not just Germany, I would say Europe, Europe-wide, mm-hmm. it has to do with the kind of infrastructure differences because, you Could know, in, in the States, everything is so far apart and you have to drive your kid to go anywhere, whereas in Europe, and especially big cities like Berlin, you have uh, amazing public transport like mm. subways, trams, etc. So here... I've seen, yeah, you know, as you mentioned, just children that are eight, nine, ten years old on the subway by themselves, they're able to get to school by themselves. Whereas in the states, they don't. A lot of times, they don't have that option, right? Except for in cities like New York, and who's going to send their eight-year-old on a New York subway? Nobody. In our, I don't know. Maybe some people. <laughs> maybe but, some people. Uh, but, but you know what I mean. Like those options exist much more, right. and so it's it's much more common. Whereas in the U.S., like you wouldn't send your eight-year-old by themselves to. Like, uh, go walk your five miles to school, Jimmy. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, I mean, I, I, I've heard stories of, of, of parents sending their kid to school by themselves one block away and other families calling, like, the cops on them for letting their kids walk to school in the States. Exactly. So much more independence. Crazy. Much more independence here. And I think it just has to do with the lifestyle difference. It's also lifestyle difference, too, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and that could be a whole other conversation in its own, the, 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 that, that, that culture of, of the European relaxation that's a little bit different as well. Um, Absolutely. But yeah. And I, then... Yeah, really quick, let's go over the, the social benefits of uh, that maybe don't exist in the U.S. Yeah, so um, in Germany, everyone, everybody gets paternity leave, not just maternity leave, but paternity leave. So Meaning the, the father. The father can also take time off from work. Um, that's up to... Um, it can be up to 14 months, or they can split it or do it together, and that changes how long it is. And during that time, you do get paid... By the government, your salary. Isn't like 70% of your salary or something? It's, it's, it's something like that, yeah. And that's called the Eltengeld, and, uh, and parents' they, money. And they have to guarantee that your uh, job will be there for you when, you, when you're done, right? When right. You, you can't come back to your job and they say, you've been replaced. They can't do that. You have to have your job ready for when you, when you get back. So uh, parents can really spend a lot of time with their children because that first year is incredibly important. Uh, so parents can have that bond for a year before they go off to the kindergarten. And that's when kindergarten starts at age one until six. Which is a little bit earlier than I'd say in the in the States, right? Like most people at age one aren't sending their kids off to school. I don't well, think. You, it's a daycare usually. Yeah, not an actual like, uh, I guess different, right? I mean, it's a bit different. Kindergartens here are more pedagogically involved where daycares in the States are more kind of like, watch my kid while I go to work. Right, just make sure my kid doesn't, you know, stick their fingers in the sockets. Right, where what we do in year one is much for year one year old kids is much more a pedagogical approach with focus on a lot of free play from up until six years old, and then after six they go to school at seven, and that's when I learn how to how to read write. We don't do reading and writing until they go to first grade at seven. We're kindergarten in the states when I was working there. At five-year-olds, I was teaching how to read and write, which I didn't like because they're not developmentally ready to do that. Right. And also, Jeff, which is pretty interesting, which I found kind of incredible when I moved here, if you have a child, you are entitled to getting to get money, to get just like free money for having a kid. Yeah. Well, it's not free. Uh, half of your paycheck is 
paid in taxes and you're basically getting your money back. Well, yes, like everything in a, in a, in a more socialist country. Uh, but it's called Kindergeld, which means child money. And that's two, you get 219 euros a month per child. Per child, right on. Yeah, for the first one to two children, 225 a month for the third child, and 250 for four children or more. And uh, yeah, that's you that's, get this money up until the age of eighteen, I believe. Or uh, it can be eighteen, but I think it varies based on your child and if they are um, on their way to getting a job, if they're still in school. So it could be up to I think like twenty five years old. It depends on the child. Let's say roughly to the age of eighteen, but and roughly eighteen. Basically, what, what this kindergarten child money is is they're giving you money to help you pay for. Uh, the extra expense of having a kid, right? The clothing, the food, right. uh, diapers, it, diapers. Uh, to make sure that no matter how much money you're making, you will have at least a little bit extra to make sure that child is taken care of. Which basically, I think basically is acknowledging that children are expensive because they are right. Which yeah. I which I think is beautiful, and I think any parent knows that 225 euros a month is not enough for a child, but it's something that'll help you get started at least. Yeah. And also in Germany, which is funny because kindergarten is a German word, and. Uh, we love kindergartens here. They're very different than, than in the States. They're from age one to six. But if you're in Berlin, finding a kindergarten is very, very difficult. Every child in the country has the right to a kindergarten spot for free. Uh, they should not cost you anything. But that makes them also very hard to find, especially in Berlin. So if you are here with a child who under the, under the age of six and you need to find, and you need to find a kindergarten... Um, Look very early. If you're planning to have a kid next year, look for a spot now. I know it's. I don't like that. That's so weird, though. It is to plan so far it, ahead. It's just there's a there's a high supply, there's a high demand, and not a lot of supply. And Germany's trying to make Berlin's trying to make more and more kindergartens, but it's difficult. Yeah, basically the law, the law ensures you get a place in a kindergarten, but means you won't necessarily get into the kindergarten that you want to get into, which also, means uh, you might not get into the kindergarten that's. Well, a short walk away, you might have to go when that's much further, right? Or, or, or you want to go to a, a bilingual a kindergarten that teaches English and German, but it's all booked out, and you have to put your kid—not have to, but you, you end up putting your kid in a German-only kindergarten, something like that. Exactly. I, I can speak to a few bilingual schools because that's the bubble that I'm in. There is sometimes a two-year waiting list to get in, so Woo. keep that in mind and be very good on your interview when you're trying to get into these schools that is a thing you know it, it is a thing it's unfortunately like that my my dream is to open up my own kindergarten uh to help alleviate that problem a bit too so come to my kindergarten eventually yeah and uh one last thing uh which is i think reverse kindergeld meaning uh money coming out of you yes into the child, money you have to give is called parental support now according to the german civil code Parents are obliged to support their children up to full age um, until at least they get a professionally qualifying degree. Um, therefore, uh, a study is included. Now, this is different because in the U.S., um, legally, once your kid turns 18, if you get out of if here. you wanted to, you could push them out the door, close it, be like, good luck, close the door. And just say what we learned last week is, cheers, exactly. if you want to. <laughs> uh, in, the, in the U.S., and I think a lot of other states... Uh, countries yeah uh, once your kid becomes of legal age becomes an adult in the u.s it's 18 technically you do not have to house them you don't have to feed them good hey go get a job and you know get out of here uh, what do they call it pick yourself up by your bootstraps by your bootstraps, by your bootstraps. But, but yeah but here in germany it's different um and what professionally qualifying degree means i'm sure varies depending on if you're university, if you did not, what? So I'm what not the sure. Profession is yeah. I'm not sure what that is. I'm sure it's a very gray area there. But it usually means until because you know, let's be honest. In Berlin, most people I know they stay in school much longer. In the U.S., usually by age of 22, you're out of university. Right. In Berlin, it's much longer, 25, 26, etc. In Germany, generally people stay in school until like they're 50. Yeah. So. Um, I'm mixed regarding this law because it means that you could be forced to support your child, forced, not voluntarily, forced legally yeah. to support your child up to the age of like 26. And and we and we looked it up. It means like generally, I forgot the exact number, but you have to pay a, uh, an average of like 800 euro to your child per month. That's um, crazy. Even if they're 22 of age, and uh, you know, you're like, hey, go get a job and just deal do with this on your own. You know, and 
I'm not saying that I don't want to support my uh, support a child. Of course not. But I want it to be my choice. I don't want it to be like you're legally obligated I mean, to do this. It's you know? kind of like the most German thing ever is like right when your child's born, you have a contract with your child to pay them money. Yeah, we were looking at the law earlier, and it actually says that once your child's in schooling, the child legally has to provide you with a pro- progress reports about their education, so that way there can be proof when their education should be done and you no longer have to provide them this this like uh, this uh, child. It's, it's almost like, you know, like in the US when you divorce, you have something called child support. It's This is like, it's like Parental this. Parental support. But it's like that, but you haven't divorced. Like you're just forced, yeah. you're like you're both mom and dad are forced to give money to the uh, to the child. So it's an interesting difference. For it is interesting uh, for sure. And uh, I think... Without further ado, Jeff. Yeah, let's let's introduce our guest of honor. He's coming up. It is again Sean Barons. Let's go to the interview. Yes. Now today, once again, once again, I believe. Ooh, I don't know. Second, third, fourth. Who knows? <laughs> uh, we are speaking with Sean Barons, who is, of course, you all know, the creator and the host of the amazing Germany Experience podcast. You know it. You've heard it. He's here. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Wow, what an introduction. I, mean, like, I don't know if I can, I don't know what people are expecting now. Probably, first of all, no one's heard the show. I, 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 was, I was going like classic radio with that one. Yeah, <laughs> you, were, you were hamming it up there. I yeah. like it. And uh, yeah, it, it's my second time on your guy's show, but we of course spoke on my show previously. Oh, that's so, why so it feels seems like, like more. It feels, yeah. like, we go way back. feels like we go way back. No, no, for years, years and years. <laughs> so yes, we were talking about children. And since Jeff and I do not have children and we thought, who has children? Sean, Sean has, has children. children, of course. I do have children. I have a lot of them running around. It feels like, like 20 sometimes that I've got running around. In fact, we met one of, kind of met one of your children the first time we recorded. Uh, because she, she, she popped in during our interview, and I think yes. that's how we confirmed he does have children. Yeah, yeah. it's confirmed. It is uh, not just a rumor that I started to be cool. I do actually have children. <laughs> yeah, she kind of wandered downstairs because she hears me sometimes recording in the basement and she popped her head in and wanted to have a discussion. I'm like, I'm kind of busy now. <laughs> and, uh, it was w- awesome. Yeah. I loved it. W- what does she feel about that uh, dad goes in the basement and talks to himself? Like, what does she feel about that? <laughs> well, she's actually pretty pretty cool with it because I introduced her to, to the equipment a few times. So we've had a few recording sessions, the stuff that I will never release. It's right. just the stuff the stuff that I keep for, for us. But I have nice. like interview sessions with her and she is very, very charming and interesting host. So I can see her getting into podcasting one day. For right sure. nice. on. Love it. <laughs> and um, yeah, so let's get started. So uh, Sean, mm. how are children made? I think it was our- Okay, f- so I thought you would <laughs> ask me this. So I prepared a long answer. <laughs> Um, no, but seriously, um, first, can you introduce us? So how many children do you have and what are their ages? So I have three kids and the eldest is 10 years old. Um, he was, he was born. So we were in Germany for three years when he was born. And then the next, the next child, uh, we have a daughter who's five years old now. And we just had a little girl uh, in 2019 and she's obviously 15 months old now so we've got like a wide range yes. of kids but our yeah. our son our son is who is 10 uh is a special needs kids as well so so we we, we have we have really a wide variety of stuff happening here in our house <laughs> yeah and just to remind everybody so you, you originally come from south africa and you moved yes. to germany um how many years ago so i'm 13 years ago Okay, so so it seems like all of your children, of course, were it seems like were born in Germany. So none of your children were actually born in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. We kind of one of the reasons that we came to Germany is that we felt uh, South Africa, the climate, uh, the I mean, the climate's great, but the political climate (laughs) was not so great at the time, and a lot of a lot of crime and things like that. And we wanted somewhere safe. We knew we wanted to start a family. So we were looking internationally, where, where could we start a family? And we ended up in Germany. And yeah, like we were here three years when we had our first kid. So so that's yeah. interesting from a family standpoint, you decided Germany was the best place for you. And well, or, well it was it kind of Germany chose us in a way. Okay, <laughs> it, was the, it was the only place we could get into. So we were like, okay, I guess it's Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So because your kids weren't born uh, in South Africa, they were born in Germany, do you have to like register them? Are they citizens? What, what is like this, this process of that whole thing? Right. 
Yeah, it's 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 kind of tricky, um, and it it varies. So the, with with our son who was born when, when we were only here for three years, mm. and my wife and I at that time, I think we still had a uh, a residence permit that was related to our employment contract. Okay, um, it was only later that we could separate them. And at that time, uh, yeah, he was uh, he was born, and then we had to. Uh, get him registered at the Standesamt. I don't know what the English equivalent of that would be. No it's like idea. an official office. Yeah, the, the like office. A standing office. It's where you get married and stuff like that too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Town hall So it's maybe. like a f official things get registered. Building. It's an opt. Building. It's a typical <laughs> <Yes>. German opt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so so we, we had to get him registered there, but then we, would, we, we got a birth certificate, German birth certificate. And for him, we had to then apply for South African citizenship for him because back then we were still South Africans. Um, but my daughter, uh, the way that works is once you've been here, I think it's, now this might uh, change from state to state and don't quote me on these, this because these things change uh, often and okay. are variable. Yeah. But, in Bavaria at that time, it was a case of if you're here for, I think, seven years, if your parents have been here permanently for seven years, the kid could be German. Interesting. So we had a weird situation that we we, we had this kid and uh, she was the first German in our family before we got our citizenship. So it was a pretty strange situation. That's pretty cool, actually. Very cool. Yeah. And and does, yeah. does she have uh, dual citizenship? Is she also a South African uh, citizen as well? No. No. So we had to give up. Uh, our South, South African citizenship, uh, which we did after she was born, a year after she was born, and she just got the German citizenship. So she's she's a through and through German, as is our daughter as well. And now our son is through us getting the citizenship. He's also a German. So yeah, we're we're just German now. Okay, but you have your your first son is both. No, because South Africa South Africa won't let us have both. Ah, uh, okay. Kind of like the oh, States, they don't so allow both either. Up. Right. Yeah, and okay. Germany doesn't yeah. allow both either, I don't believe. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know whose side it was on. I can't remember exactly now, but the rule is, the rule was when we got our German citizenship is that we couldn't have both a South African and a German one. So when we gave it up because our son son's citizenship depended on us, he became a German. Oh, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. now you're just a, one big German family. It's it's we are we are we like we like do Abendbrot in the evenings all of a sudden and, uh, <laughs> you know, all this weird stuff. But did you know uh, that the Standesamt has to approve the name that you give your baby, even if I think this is even if you are uh, that a is true. in another country. I that didn't know that, this. That is, yeah, like and also, I mean, maybe they'll change it soon, but. I think if you have a boy, the name has to be a clearly boy name. Right. It, it, yeah. can't, it can't be yeah. go either way. Which is so strange. Twenty twenty one. I know, right? Twenty twenty one, and and Germany is still saying that the, the 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 name has to give a gender. So they check for a few things like that. That is the the, the name has to indicate the gender of the kid, and it can't be a, a place name. I mean, and I think for you, I, I guess Alex, your name is. Probably not Alex. It's not just Alex, but right. Alex wouldn't work because it doesn't. It's neither male nor female. If you just say Alex, oh, so, you, so it has so to be Al Alexander or Alexandra. Yeah, Ale yeah. Alexandria. Or oh my goodness! Like it's so, but That's it's so German. So antiquated. In some way. It, it, yeah. it, it is very yeah. German in some way. And it's kind of bizarre it too is. because it is like you said. It's 2021. I mean, get over it. it's a name. But at the same time, in terms of like, at least in my opinion, uh, or maybe it's just Berlin. I don't know. But working in a kindergarten, it's very progressive how they do things pedagogically right. for children. But when it comes to names and these official things, they have to go to an amt. It has to be, you know, very old school, which is also very German. We're progressive, but still very old school. But still, yes, pro tra traditionally progressive. Yes, yes, I mean, that's a good way to put it. I like that. Traditionally progressive. <laughs> Even when it comes to your kids, Germany wants to put their fingers in your pie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it does. They, 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 it they get really upset when they don't have a say about what's going on in your life. So, you know. Yeah. And do yeah. they have and middle names like normal people, or no middle names like Germans? Yeah, no, they have uh, they have they have normal names like like uh, normal normal folk. But uh, <laughs> but even that, I think, and and even normal that folk. must get registers. So if you have like a neutral name, you you can with with a second name in Germany indicate that it's a male name and that's allowed. There's literally like reams of papers about how to name your kid. Oh my goodness! So wow. When we did it for the first time, I was just like, I knew all of this, and I just. I said, look, this is, we, this is the name. Let's see if it comes back. If it comes back a problem, then we'll have to figure out another name. But like, <laughs> oh, we, knew, wow. we, knew, we knew we couldn't name 
our son Hitler or Stalin or right. Satan. So we were pretty much good to go. We were like, okay, well, that rules those out. So I think we're going to be safe. <laughs> but, but isn't that weird that you have to sit there and wait? Like, is the name that I chose for my child going to be approved by someone else? <laughs> yeah. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you think like, uh, so we, we're giving English names that work in German. But if you if you come from if you come from another like a completely different culture that has a different kind of naming, they must let those things through too. Like I can't imagine that they would stop a name that's Turkish or uh, or Irish yeah, it, or, it, or Irish or something. Yeah, or, it'd be considered yeah. racist. I think I think they they would have problems yeah. with that. Even though they'd yeah. want to maybe halt it, I don't think they can. Right. So, yeah. So I think the official ruling is that they have all these rules, but I don't think that they stick to it very often. I think they just look for things like really uh, negative names or weird like. I mean, if Elon, what is Elon Musk's kid's name? Is oh God, Y square. Exactly. Like like <laughs> yeah. Algebra. <laughs> that wouldn't formula. fly. That wouldn't fly in uh, Germany. Which, which I agree with right in now. Germany because that's, which in I my opinion, with. that's child abuse. That's awful. That to is, your kid that is. It absolutely is. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. be, so because you guys are like, well, all right. So you're, you're technically, you're German, right? But like we said, culturally, you're a bit of a mismatch of South African and German. Uh, what what are you guys speaking language wise at home, especially in regards to their school and their culture and their friends and your neighbors and yeah. the wider community that you're in? It's a good question. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, good question. Hey, um, full of them. <laughs> I don't know. Next, <laughs> no. Um, the, so what we what we read very early on when we had our son was. Uh, you should speak your native language at home. Like if, especially if both of you are native, native language speakers. Cause my thinking was like, I, I could speak German to, to my son and get him, like, at least he would learn the rhythms of the language and right. get right. to yeah. figure it out. But, but so much advice just said, don't do that. Speak your native language yes. because it's also important that the kid gets the emotional nuances of things that you're saying. So, uh, you can only do that in your native tongue. Absolutely. Unless that, you're that's that's what we tell. Proficient. That's what we tell our parents as well in our kindergarten. Yeah. Whatever you speak yeah. natively, speak that at home and then we'll take care of the rest, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or try or try yeah. to take care of the rest. Yeah, and and uh with my son it was a bit different because like I said earlier, he's got special needs. So he's mm -hmm. he's uh mostly nonverbal now, even at ten. So with him it was we still like wonder with with the language thing if he only had one language to learn would he be further along mm. or is the exposure to two different languages stimulating his learning and he you know he's further along than he would have been so there's a lot of questions in our mind about our special needs kid but what i can say is about my daughter my five-year-old daughter she, she was at home with us for about a year and a half before she went to Kripa, and mm -hmm. uh we only speak spoke english to her and she went and within like i think it was six months she was she, you know, she was speaking all the German words that she'd learned at uh, Kinderkrippe. Sure. And now she's a fluent German. Like it, it just happens. So just I, I, my advice to people is always just like you said, just speak your native tongue at home and the German will take care of itself. It will happen when they go out into the world. Exactly. Especially at a young age. The younger they are, the easier it is for for that yeah. for that language to come. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. Is, is the school that they attend, is this a, a bilingual school or are they only uh, taught in German or yeah, so we're we're out in the country. So if we wanted them to go to a bilingual school, it would be quite a while, quite a way. <laughs> but anyway, we wanted we always said if we're going to live in Germany, we want our kids to integrate and um, absolutely you know, yeah. be be as German as possible. Not to say that the other option is wrong because there's there's a lot of benefits that the kids going to you know getting the native tongue also uh, at at kindergarten and so on. But for us, it was really important that they learned German, they got to to, to understand the culture because we can't teach them that at home. It's not something we can sure them. yeah and one follow-up uh whose german is better yours or your children i think i know the answer there's, to that there's one no there's no um i can answer the question i can say one of ours is better and one of us is also more arrogant about it so and both of them <laughs> my daughter that sounds yeah, about my, right my, my five-year-old yeah. Is she correcting you a lot with your with your oh, German? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But the funny thing is, like, like right. I speak Hochdeutsch, obviously, but I've, I'm now I live in Franconia, so I've started to pick up a bit of the Frank the Frankish. Mm -hmm. But she's just learning the Frankish dialect uh, when she's at the kindergarten. So when she corrects me, she's correcting me sometimes with things like from the Franconian dialect. I'm like, no, 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 that is not Hochdeutsch, young lady. <laughs> not you in go this to your house. Room. In this house, we speak Hochdeutsch. As long as you're under my roof, we'll be talking Hochdeutsch. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so it's, it's quite interesting. <laughs> that is funny. I think that, that that's a very common thing with um, 
with anybody who has children in another country is that frustration of we try as adults try so hard to learn a language and kids pick it up in a week they, yeah and and that's because they're not trying they're just they're i mean first of all their bla- brains are more elastic obviously Super, but, but yeah. also it's also that they're just not trying like we try we, we almost put ourselves under so much pressure to okay these are the rules how did these rules work mm-hmm. the kids don't care about rules they just listen to the patterns and they listen to like just what they're exposed to and they pick it up so it's 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 been very interesting to see them to see them learning absolutely it's been amazing yeah and they're yeah. i think they're they're since they don't care about making mistakes, like their confidence yeah, gets exactly. them learning so much quicker. I, I think adults were too much about, oh, I, I don't want to say it wrong, or oh, is it dare dear das? Ah, never mind. I, won't, yeah. I just won't say anything. You know what I mean? Whereas it's like yes. they're saying it wrong, whatever, and they're being understood while we're sitting there silent in the corner. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, there, there's nobody exactly. more confident than any five year old. Yeah, it's so true. And sometimes you're just thinking like, you're so dumb. You are so dumb. You should not be this confident. <laughs> I've seen the things you do. That's really. why they're confident. That's what it is. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. That's it. it. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next um, kind of big thing I think people want to know is speaking to, you're from South Africa. So what's the biggest difference of raising a child like culturally in Germany versus South Africa. We spoke a bit about it uh, before we talked about America and Germany. So what about South Africa and Germany? Yeah, it's it's very very difficult question to answer because we we only had our, we only had kids here. Sure. And when I think about it, I can only really, you know, I spent my 20s in in South Africa up until like my mid 20s and I didn't really have exposure to how people were bringing up their kids and stuff. Mm. So I it, it's it's Tough to answer that question because I don't really have a one-to-one example. But what I th- what I think for the kids is different is the sense of safety and freedom that kids have here in Europe uh, compared to how in South Africa. Because in South Africa, because of the crime, because of uh, all the things that are, all the elements that are at play in South Africa, mm-hmm. you kind of live in a little bubble, and the kids do as well. So it's not a case of just going out and and having a good time. But here, like maybe it's just the country where I'm staying out in the country. But the kids are on the streets when when the when it's evenings and after school, and then they're like playing around, running around through the streets and mm. just having a good time. And it just it's they're way more freer here and more independent than they were in South Africa, at least. I don't know about other countries. Yeah, it's funny that we see the same pretty much verbatim yeah. the same thing from versus really? the states versus here. Yeah, no, no, Even but in Berlin, not, not in terms of uh, safety. Yeah, no. not in terms of safety thing, but in terms of the culture of uh, there's definitely more of a like a helicopter parenting culture in the states. Um, yeah, but then here yeah. Germans are very much like I have a kid. Go, go enjoy yourself, and then go, go, go away, go. enjoy, <laughs> and they don't worry we as have, much. We have friends uh, who live. I mean, we live out in the country, but they live really out in the country. And they, <laughs> you know, when when we go and visit them, the last time we went to go and visit them, they they've got a kid that's about six or seven years old, and she just took my daughter, and they left the, the left the house and went into the, the woods together alone and I was freaking out but I tried to play cool in front of my German friends I'm sure. like that's no, cool I'm cool with that whatever well. man you guys are cool with it I'm cool with it <laughs> but the inside I'm like oh my god like how long have they been it's like five minutes ten minutes how long has it been and I was freaking out understandable the Germans yeah the Germans are just completely relaxed about that and when I said something eventually uh, <laughs> the, 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 the father saw that I was a bit nervous and he's like don't worry my daughter knows the way around here she knows how to get back and I'm like I'm still worried because she's like six years old. Whatever you know, what what happens if something happens out there? So it's the the. But I find that mindset in a way is pretty cool. But I I like to be in the middle somewhere. I don't think yeah. of, of myself as a helicopter parent, but I'm a little more conservative than many of the Germans that I've come across with how how much they let their kids. Really sure, free totally understandable. And, and that's probably connected to your experiences growing up in South Africa. You know, you're, yeah. you're like, oh no no, oh, yeah. that, that's you're still comparing it back to your own memories like oh no you can't go over that's not safe yeah. oh I, you know yeah exactly it's exactly it's exactly the case but but i think uh, germany has also taught me to be a little more relaxed with my kids and especially living out here in the country as well we we can be a little more True. relaxed than in the city i guess i mean i, I don't again i well, don't have e- much e- even in the city in berlin you see we said earlier you see like young kids 9 10 11 yeah. years old taking the you know taking the subway by themselves yeah going to school yeah. and i'm like you're really young man <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing yeah. or um I don't, I, i'm sure you live in a country so in, in bavaria so i'm sure you have a bunch of like beer gardens things like this so we talked sure. about also your beer gardens with a playground next door and the parents yeah 
yeah, drink their beer. Exactly right. Kids are over there somewhere, but you know they're there. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of whatever. We're in the States, they'll never exist ever no. in a million yeah. years. Yeah. And, and the closest and, is a McDonald's playpen, maybe. Right, true. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and do, do you feel maybe that the independence for the kids actually kind of in a way equals independence for you? Because I know in the States, you have to drive your kids anywhere to soccer practice to whatever. Mm. Whereas, uh, you know, if, if, if your child maybe wants to visit the kid down the street, again, you just go, okay, go, you know, walk on down or yeah, whatever. You go. Whereas in the States, you kind of have to take them everywhere, watch them wherever they go. Uh, of course, depending on wh- where you live, you know, I-, I lived in a small town, so I could I could pretty much roam wherever I wanted. Yeah. But but, um, but in a sense, it kind of gives you more free time because you don't have to watch them as rigorously. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're, we're getting, like I said, my daughter's at the age of five now. So she's starting to do more of that. Like she's got a friend down the street and she will go down the street. Um, I might go out on just here and watch her like walking down the street as far as I can. Sure. And, then, you know, like, okay, she's cool. Um, but we're, st- we're starting to get to that point where I can see, okay, we're, we are getting more free time now because she, because, and I can see that when she's about seven or eight, she'll be on a bike going to visit friends yeah. like that as well and it'll it'll just be a different ball game and i can see that we'll have a lot more time but at for now with a five-year-old a one one and a half year old and a special needs kid we're not getting enough free time i will the one half year old's not going to their friends down the road by themselves no no just learn to walk, Although right? i'm pretty <laughs> sure germans are frowning upon me by like come on she can walk let her go <laughs> if you can walk okay, you can go wherever you need that's the whole point of walking come on just throw on a skateboard <laughs> See, this is why i can't be a parent it's too stressful i can work with kids all day eight hours a day you know but at five o'clock i, I don't it, know done. how you do that though i do not know how you do that i have three and when they like we have one friend around and we, we have like a spiel similar that they go in i cannot handle it in there for, for for five minutes because of the noise levels and the just the chaos levels i i can't handle it i don't know how you do it for eight hours it's, I admire it's, you. it's, you're it, a hero it, i didn't know it was something you could learn but it's a uh, practicing patience and uh, <laughs> a lot of practice of patience <laughs> <laughs> or faking patience, maybe, <laughs> or, at least, or at least faking it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, yeah, exactly. And routines. It's all about routines for us. But uh, okay. no, but Sean, I'm with you. The, the thought of 22 children underneath my command for mm. eight hours. No, 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 thank you. I'm good. No. Yeah. No. Couldn't so, do it. Yeah, but you're, yeah, you're a better man than I. I'll say. <laughs> you're, uh, you're a goddamn hero. Let me just say. <laughs> I'm not a father though. They're the, the the parents are the real heroes. You know, at five o'clock, I'm, I have no responsibility anymore. I can, I can five o'clock pop a beer open and go home, um, and and you know get a good night's sleep. Where, yeah. But, yeah. Hey, he, but it's it's nine o'clock and he's working on his podcast, so he seems to be doing all right. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just yeah, I just ignore the kids. <laughs> they need not my problem after nine. Sorry, kids. They're German now. They're independent. Take care of yourselves. Yes. <laughs> now, <laughs> she might be down the road already. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> and then d- during your play dates, uh, or when you have a bunch of groups, have you noticed any? Um, I don't know what the way to put it. Any kind of like specific parenting techniques that the Germans have that are maybe different than yours or different than what you saw back back in South Africa or is it kind of the same the same ballpark yeah I, I was I was thinking about this uh, somewhat because I, I don't it's again a very difficult question to answer because I, I only have the group of Germans that I'm really closely friends with or that I spend a lot of times with mm. what I would say from my group of friends and i don't know if this is indicative of germany or the culture or anything but they seem to let a lot more go than what i would remember my parents letting go like Ah, the kids the kids are generally able to talk more to their parents like uh, uh, angrily let's put it that way they'll they'll talk back to their parents a lot more than what i was allowed to as a kid or they'll they'll go you know we've had kids come over friends of friends with german kids and they'll be smashing things on a table and I'd be like, you know, if I if I was that that was my kid at their house, I would have said, please don't smash on the table. But they're just like <laughs> letting that go. You know, there's there, there seems to be a, a higher threshold before they say no or reprimand the kids, which I think is also also along this line of of a bit more freedom and everything. But like I say, the caveat to that is I don't know if that's just my own small group of friends that I'm seeing, or if that is something that's German. Sure. Nature, I mean, yeah, I you, you do do live in a small city, so maybe. Um, that kind of affects the, yeah. their yeah. their yeah. Uh, their attitudes. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's, a, that's a good question that we'll never have the answer well, to. They're, they're listen to this and be like, "You're calling me a bad parent, Sean." <laughs> yeah, they must never. They must never know about this interview. <laughs> we'll just bleep that whole part out. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what do you? I, when I first moved here, I found it really bizarre how like. The schooling system here is totally different from the states and different than a lot of countries. What's your opinion on the um, 
having experience with it with your own children of the German yeah. schooling system and also what's going to happen when they are, you know, 15, that whole yeah. three branches type thing. Yeah. The, the German school system freaks me out a little because I, I think, um, and maybe you've already spoken about this, uh, but, but for me, it's really terrifying that at a young age, I think it's nine, what, how old is it that they make the split between so what they what they have is they have fifth, the given fifth grade, sixth grade, something like that. So it's yeah, so what, 11, so 12. 11, 12. It's pretty young. 11, yeah. 12. So, it's, so you have to make very decisions young. very young. Yeah. Yeah. So they do some kind of test. There's like a whole bunch of tests that they do, and then they evaluate the kids, and then they decide, okay, the kid, this kid is looks like they're going towards a university, sort of an academic path. Then they go to a gymnasium, and then other kids go to what they call a real schüler, and uh, some of the paths end up at some what like they they, they call it like Ausbildung, which is uh, I guess like an apprenticeship where you learn a trade or something. So at the age of this 10 or 11 or 12 or whatever it is, they're already splitting the kids and categorizing yeah. them and saying, <sighs> you are a university kid. You are this kid. And that, yeah. like, that's, that's a very, like sometimes Germans talk about it like it's the most normal thing on earth. And I'm like, how can that be normal? I was 18 and I still didn't know if I yeah, was able exactly. to go to university or not. Like, like some I, people don't know do by the age of 30 what they want to do with their life. Like it takes yeah. time to, 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 yeah. Yeah. To, to, to yeah. calm your nerves a bit. You are able to move between the two. So yes. if you're in Hauptschule or Realschule, you can go to gymnasium eventually. Right. Um, right. So it, everyone it, knows that you are able to move over depending on your grades and, you know, and yeah. whatever else. Um, but, but it's it, quite it, a mission though. It, it, it's quite it, a mission. It is a there. mission. It can be difficult, uh, but it's an, it is an interesting system. And I think there are pros and there are definitely cons as well, because at the end of the day, people are going to have, no matter which one you go to, some kind of skill or some kind of life yeah. path. But yeah. I agree with you. The, the decision is like right before puberty. It's an awful time. Yeah. And kids change so much. Like, like yeah, I, absolutely. I was... I was a high achieving kid when I was younger. And then when I got to later high school years, I just completely slacked off. Like I if they had put me on a gymnasium path, I would have been way out of my league in the, in my high school, in my but personal maybe high school. Maybe you wouldn't have been because gymnasium has, maybe. Done, you know, that, and that's kind of the thing that we maybe. don't really yeah, know how it works. That's the weird yeah. thing is once you're put on this path as a kid, I would feel extreme pressure that now I have it, to follow. A, yes. Like yeah. I, I yeah. even, th even though I, I've decided at the age of 14, I don't. I'm not into this anymore. I want to. I want to. I'd rather be a car <laughs> yeah. mechanic. Doesn't matter. I, I'd feel pressure that I have to continue, or else I'm going to upset my parents. I'm going to upset the schooling system. Exactly. It's too, too much work to yeah. switch. You know. Yeah. 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 That, that's, it's, it's it's, I think the pressure on the German kids. I don't. It's something that I've tried to uh, assess. Like, is it so that they're feeling so much pressure? Because I can only imagine exactly like you say. I can only imagine it's a lot of pressure on the. Kids. For sure, there also are uh, Gesamtschulers where it's every kind of like a regular just high school where everything is together. Okay. So those do exist, right. which is good, but that's not the yeah. that's not the norm. Yeah, yeah. that's not the norm. Yeah. yeah. And and what I and what I will say from the from a special needs point of view, I'm mm. really impressed with how Germany does it. So my kid goes to a, a what do they call it? I think it's called a Förderschule or something like that. It's like yeah. a special school, and they take kids of all kinds of special needs. So there's some kids with um, just small learning disabilities or maybe behavioral problems that affect how they can learn. Or they they have like what they call Schwerbehinderte, like my son, which is like the really, uh, the, the kids with a lot of problems and really mm -hmm. uh, very delayed development. And they kind of work it into the same system. So so they've got like the Grundschule and the different levels, but like my, my son spent three years doing the first two the uh, GS1 and GS2 the first two years so they really assess the, the kids with special needs and and spread them out and give them a lot of attention there's extra extra people in the classrooms to give the kids extra yes. attention oh, they, fantastic. they get therapy yeah. in the school so one thing I will say is that um, you know the, qu the question is always like are we doing the right thing for my son by staying in Germany and exposing him to this other language that might be complicating things but at the same time he's getting treatment that he would never gotten in South Africa. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Germany's really big into the integration. Uh, instead yeah. of having yes. an, a, spe a separate school, they're really good at having uh, children with special needs in the classroom with other children and feeling yeah. integrated and having, like you said, the extra teachers, which I think yeah. is also an incredible thing. And it's not even, it's, it's not amazing. a special case. It's it's the norm, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's great. And they have a and they have a lot of programs in place as well for once the kids leave school. So there's things like the Lebenshilfe, which is the life help, or Diakoni, which I think those are like affiliated with churches mm -hmm. or, or something. But they they put together jobs for these kids. They make sure that like they, the, the ones that can do work with their hands, they go to some kind of workshop and they, you know. So really the focus is on quality of life. 
Absolutely. Well. So that's 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 something that is amazing in Germany. And what what's also amazing in Germany is you also get money for having kids. So I get money for having true the three of my kids is Kindergeld, and I get money for my son who's uh, behinded. So, so I'm like, so, you, I'm gonna knock out a few more of these. Yeah. Our our listener our listeners can, our listeners can't see Sean's face right now, but when he said money, his whole face just lit I'm up. Like, he, he was making it is, rain. I'm just the... making it rain. I'm just gonna knock these little kids out. And the more kids you have, the more money you get per kid. Yeah. But we yeah. found out it's after like after four, bizarre. the money doesn't go up. So I, I was thinking if you could push out like 20, so you, you could just be like no, living, living off Sean, that. Sean, one more. No. One more and you get the maximum. One more. All right. I'm, I'm on it, guys. I'm on it. <laughs> Tell your wife. <laughs> and do you know that there's such, there's also, I guess maybe you guys pay it. I don't know. But there's also a Kinderlose Beitrag. You, you pay money for not having kids. There's a, some kind of amount that you have to pay for not oh, having kids. Oh, I don't know. What? I get it, that it, money as well, sir. So. Oh, uh, wait, wait. Have <laughs> you been taking my money this entire time? You dick. <laughs> just, just my, my kids have been taking money, so they and they say thank you. <laughs> they are welcome. They're very I can welcome. do nothing about it. Yeah, <laughs> take, that's it. Um, okay, let's do one more question to end off. And this kind of goes back to what we talked about on your show when we were on your show and how do you uh attempt to maintain if you do i don't know uh, a connection from your kids to south africa and is it important to you and like what about their cultural identity because you are german but like like not german but kind of but absolutely yeah. german you know yeah and, and have they have they actually been to south africa uh yeah, they have. Also, they, uh, not my my youngest one hasn't because of uh, COVID nineteen, but so she's mm. she's never been been to South Africa. But the other the other two have, and we 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 constantly telling them, okay, we're from South Africa, and uh, you know this is where we are now. We're in Germany, and uh, we, we used to live in South Africa and stuff. Um, the, the 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 traditions and cultures thing is a very difficult thing. I mean, it's difficult enough for us as adults to. I mean, we want to hold on to our old traditions and it's quite important sure. as an expert sure. yeah. to hold on to those things. Um, so a lot of it is we're, we do it naturally because we still have all of these traditions and uh, beliefs and whatever else, like the way we celebrate Christmas, for example. Oh, cool. And uh, but, but what I've seen is that our kids obviously get exposed to it at kindergarten and so on. And then they come home and ask about the Christkind. And then, mm. so what we've started doing is we also, of course, want to expose them to that so that they're not going to other kids' houses and learning about completely basic German cultural things. So we, we started in, incorporating a very complicated mix of Santa Claus and Christkind that I'm like every year, every year I lose track of the line. Like, I don't know what the story is anymore. Like somebody's coming on someday and you're going to get presents and that's all you need to know. Santa has a Christkind um, in his backpack. They come on over. <laughs> I think all they care is that presents arrive. I think yeah. as the, the older they get, they the don't care is. who's bringing what. Just, <laughs> just someone's bringing presents. Bring okay. it in. Just bring it in. But I think the biggest thing for us is uh, the fact that they are always going to be outsiders, and I can see this already. It's already happening. Okay. And I, I think you know, you know how tough teenage years can be. Yes. If you're just a little different from everyone else, anyway, sure. teenage years can be really, really tough. Yeah. And our kids, I mean their kids come to our house and they see us like we're weird like we're doing weird things we we speak in a strange language mm. and they already see like okay this this child is a little bit different and i think that's going to be more pronounced and i'm just interested like what my children will have as identities like what, what i you know i don't know that i have no frame of reference for that because i grew up in one culture for most of my life mm. and uh so i'm busy watching that and i'm seeing it unfold and i don't know exactly what it means but i i have the feeling that they're gonna feel like outsiders probably for their entire life and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing i'm not sure we'll, we'll have to see maybe maybe they're getting messed up i don't know that but, no that is, that's definitely an interesting point um i mean I, yeah. I, I think i think even if even if i were to stay in germany for the next 50 years i would still feel like an outsider as well i mean yes you know yes. just because i am it's just yeah. the way it is you know but, exactly but i i don't, I don't let it uh pull me down on a daily basis. I don't, you know, it's, no. not, it's not something I think no. about constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think when you grow up with it like that as, from a kid, it's just part of your, part of your identity. Like you are the kid that came from another culture, but, but just having sweet. been here. Own it. Yeah. Just, yeah. But, but you're in Germany and I think having grown up in Germany, they will definitely identify more as Germans than anyone yeah. else. Yeah. Okay. I, I think eventually, especially the older they get, you guys will be like, 
the cool house to bring the friends to, you know what I mean? Because because <laughs> the friends all deal with a bunch of Germans, but like they come over to the house, you know, speaking English, and they'll hear like cool stories about South Africa from you guys. Yeah. So I, th I think yeah, you guys yeah. will be like the cool expat house. You know, Especially once, once they start listening to, you know, maybe more um, English music or movies. Yes. Like, oh wait, that's, yes. the, that's the English house over there. They're yeah, cool because English is cool hip hop and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If hip hop's a thing in, you know, 10 years, I don't know. Right, and then yeah. and, and your like your daughter's friends will know like, ooh, I can go practice my English with you know with your dad, awesome, yeah. you know, yeah. So yeah, she'll so, be the cool dad. Yeah. I'll be I'll, yeah. I, I'm not sure about that, but I'll I, I will. Yes, you'll be a dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a dad. I will be a generic dad. <laughs> yeah. No, cool, lovely. Thanks, thank you so much again for coming on. It's always great having you on the show. Yeah, always and, fun. Uh, especially with this episode, we absolutely needed you. You provided us with all <laughs> the information that neither of us have. So, so we used you. Thank you. Bye, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Guys, <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. I really, I, I always love coming on the show, and uh, always nice talking to you. Absolutely. And again, that is Sean Barons, and you can find his podcast where all podcasts are available. It is the Germany Experience Podcast. Uh, you know, use your Google machine and uh, use that uh, keyboard. Yeah. And thank you, Sean, again. What a pleasure. I mean, we've, ha we've had him on the show now. It seems like forever, but it's been twice, as he yeah, pointed out. I know. I, I feel like uh, Sean's like one of our best friends on the podcast at this point. Yeah, but always fun talking to him. Absolutely. I mean, and again, for this episode, we truly needed him. Yes. Uh, so if there's any ever an episode where we need an expert, it's this one. And he was perfect. Yeah. And, and we, we also meet Jeff and I do know people with children. <laughs> um, but we thought that Sean has a very interesting take and we love talking to him. He's a cool dude. So we decided to hit him up. And uh, like always, good stories, funny dude. And, and he's, he's good on the, he's good on the old mic. He's good yeah. on the mic. He's got some experience. Yeah, and, and 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 he has his equipment's way better than our equipment, so it's nice hearing him as well. Yeah, he has the mixing board that I would love to have, but mm. someday, someday, you know, we'll see. Anyways, Jeff, um, yeah, we, like we spoke English today, but you know what else is English? The triple malt adnums. The triple malt ad 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 adnums adnums <laughs> adnums South Wold. Uh, again, 47% non-chilled filtered triple malt whiskey handcrafted in England and matured in American oak. I didn't say that before. Oh, well, there's the, uh, apparently they got, they got over the whole revolution. Thank you. Apparently, Jeff. <laughs> Need us for something. And that's those, those urban barrels. barrels, those American oak barrels. And again, this is from uh, Copper House Distillery. Uh, cheers, and cheers again. Let's do this one last splash. One last See what's splash. going on. I got to say again, throughout, throughout the whole interview, the whole episode, I've really been enjoying it. It's exceptionally mm. smooth. There's like vanilla going on in there. There's, there's, there's some, there's, again, I'm not going to throw out all these random descriptors like I know what the hell I'm talking about. Sure. There's just there's flavors in here that I'm not used to, and I'm digging it. That's yeah. all I can say. I 100% I, I agree, and, and I find it really, really smooth. Um, usually my first sip, I always get a little bit of like, uh, and then my second one is always like smoother every time I have whiskey. But this one from the first sip, I was like, okay, here we go. And the burn's not big, but the burn is there. It is there, but it's it not is, large. It, it, but considering the the flavor is really bold, I'm not mm. like necessarily missing the burn as much. You know what I mean? Because it's got a bold flavor, so it's 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 distracting me from the lack the the lacking of the burn. You know what I mean? I think bold's a good way to put it. And um, I'm going with my gut in this one. I'm giving it a solid eight. Yeah, I was going to say eight as well. And um, I think for 50 euros, it's definitely worth... This, this is, I mean... It's worth the price. This is a 50 euro whiskey. Absolutely. And it tastes like 50 euro whiskey. It's not more. It's not less. It's like kind of in that... And be... be uh, if if you're if you're into it, watch because it, the price actually fluctuates on Amazon. Really, the week before it was forty five, then the next week suddenly it was the forty nine, whatever we paid for it. Oh, okay, so it does. It, if you might get lucky and get a little bit cheaper. So I'm and I'm I'm, not, I'm really interested. I would like to try more English whiskey because, like we said before, there's Scotch, there's Irish, and like England's right in between that. There must be some kind of influence from those countries. I mean, there's got to be, but this, <clears throat> I don't know, a weird mix of both or something. I don't it's, know. Yes, it is kind of a weird mix of both. Out, yeah, with a but with no, it's its own thing. It's its own yeah. thing. It but is the, its own uh, thing. What, what I mean is, like, it's got the smoothness of an Irish. Yes, but it's got the boldness of a Scotch. 
but, but the, but the actual scotch. flavor is something all on its own. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I'd highly recommend, you know, um, mm, is this shelf worthy? What, what, what did you give it for rating? Eight. Okay, okay, eight. Is it shelf worthy? Um, I think it's shelf worthy for... Because we... Okay, now, I don't know if we actually describe this or not, but... We did last episode. Shelf worthy is a whiskey that's 50 euro or less that it's just one of those things like, say if you have a whiskey shelf, you only got five bottles, 10 bottles. This is a bottle that you got to include in your set. That's what we consider shelf worthy. Exactly. And I would say, I want to say yes, because it's cool to have an English whiskey on your shelf, but... If you're going to be picking five to ten bottles on your shelf for fifty euros, I think you you can get a better whiskey out there. But the flavor, I, what, what reason I put it on? It's it's quite good, but also the flavor sets itself apart from mm. kind of a just a standard Irish, a standard Scottish. That's true. It, it's something different, you know. It's like 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 for example, are you gonna you know p- put the Jameson and the Rowan Co on the same shelf? No, because they taste fairly similar. True. Whereas this is like I got a unique something, but so I, I, yeah, actually. I don't know if it is shelf worthy, but it's it's no, but you know what? It's close you, enough to shelf worthy. You just convinced me. It's definitely shelf worthy. All right, throw it on that it's shelf. Interesting flavor. It's from England, which is also interesting. The bottle looks cool on your shelf as well. Um and yeah, it's it's a tasty whiskey for sure. Shelf worthy, stamped. Boom. Done. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. It's been uh, lovely as always. This was yes. episode fifty-eight. 50, we are our longest episode to date, I believe. It was a longer episode than uh, normal, but thank you all for sticking it out. If you're if yeah. you're still listening right now, probably the longest episode we had. Yeah. Um, but you know what? We realized lately, it happens. It happens, and we're we're doing what we uh, the content we want to make. And I hope you guys, if it's too long, let us know. But um, we try to keep it under an hour. But you know, sometimes things just slip through. What can you do? Hey, it is what it is. Yeah. Anyways, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Like. Like every time, we really appreciate your support. We appreciate your listens, your messages, everything. The donations. You, I mean, oh my um, gosh, what can we say? The, the, the reason we keep doing this podcast is because of you guys. That's it. No joke. Okay. Um, we, I think we have some of the best listeners in the world. I'm gonna say it, put it out there. I really do. You guys are awesome, and um, yeah, we love you. Um, so I hope you all are staying safe, staying healthy, and above all, staying thirsty. Cheers. Cheers. So he knows a few things about children, I would say. I know, my, yeah, I, I know some things about kids. Yeah, so we're going to give you the experience. No, we're not. What experience? <laughs> <laughs> no, just to, no. We'll, we'll, I'll just cut that out. Okay. okay. As usual, what a fun interview with Sean. Like, yeah, I I, I, and, and we... <laughs> oh, no. Why? <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I looked at your face and you were still red and it killed me. My God, it's so late. It's <laughs> fucking 9.35. Well, because the interview was at 8.30. That's oh, right. Let's finish it. Right. Okay. The few of you that have stick, stuck around did it for a reason. So, thank you. <laughs> Things have happened. Um, so, let's go. I'm, too much silence. Say something, Alex. You're making me ramble here. Come on. Fill in the gaps. Let's go. God damn it. You got to cut that out. <laughs> that, you sound like such... You, you left me out to dry, I man. Know, like, you, you just sound like such a...